Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. what Jesus said. If I do not wash you, you have no part of me. Then Simon Peter said to him, I, this is so funny. He says, well, Lord, not my feet only then, but my hands and my head. Give me a whole bath. If, if this is what it's got to be, then give me a whole bath. And notice Jesus says to him, he who is bathed needs only to be washed, to have his feet washed. But it is completely, but it is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you. Now this, uh, we find on as he reads here, is speaking about uh, Judas Iscariot. So when he had washed their feet, he had taken his garment, sat down and said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. And you say, well, for I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do this as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know, excuse me, if you know these things, happy are you who do them. I do not speak concerning all of you, I know whom I have chosen, but he, the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his hand against me. This is speaking of Judas Iscariot. Now I tell you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Most assuredly, I say to you, who receives, whomever I send receives me and who receives me receives him uh, who sent me. Now we look at this and you look at this and realize that that um, Judas has already conspired to betray Christ. Uh, we, we see that Jesus here is laying down an example to serve one another. You want to be great in God's kingdom? Learn to be a servant. Don't say, well, that's beneath me. You do it. You know, as, as the pastor of the church here, I've scrubbed a lot of toilets here. doesn't bother me at all. You know why? Because it's part of doing what we do for God. And I know sometimes, and I know mothers, some of you mothers, I look at that and, you know, I don't think there's any greater servant than when you change a baby's diaper. That is one of those things in life that only a mom can do. But you know, you do it because you love them. I think about how many times God has washed all of our diapers in our lives. God never forgets his love for us. We may forget our love for him. And again, as I was sharing earlier, that sometimes I may take my relationship with God. When God does things what I like, I go, thank you, Jesus. When he doesn't, I can say, well, God, where are you? But the relationship God wants with us is that of a father in heaven. Jesus said, except a man becomes a child, he'll not enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
Does that mean we need to be childless and foolish? No, it means that we need to put our dependency upon him. And you know, I having kids, when your little kid comes up and has got into the bathroom drawer and has your shaver in their hand, you don't let your kids play with razor blades. And I took one of those razors away from my child and they began to scream as if I would have just tortured them. They didn't know the danger that was in that pretty blue-handled thing could really hurt them. If they ate the end of it, even kill them. God, because he loves us, sometimes takes things out of our life. I call them blessed subtractions. If God has taken anything out of your life, say thank you. I don't know if those things were to remain in my life, what they would have ultimately done to me. If God in his great hand doesn't reach out and take that razor that I'm holding on to saying, I want this. I don't know what it would do to me. Because God loves you and me, he intervenes in our life. You ask him to do that. When you ask him to become your savior, Oftentimes, it's funny, we trust God with our eternity, but we fail to trust him on the day-to-day issues of our life. Paul said it best, no longer I that live, but Christ who lives within me. So here's here's the issue that we have to understand. Live as Christ, die as gain. Blessed subtractions, Jesus is mine. Now, something you always want to remember. God always subtracts before he multiplies. You may be going through a time of subtraction in your life this morning, where you see things have been taken out of your life. Don't feel that God doesn't love you because you've gone through subtractions. But rather realize that if God was to multiply your resources, if God was to multiply everything about you, it would also multiply the bad things as well. The last thing a small child needs is more razor blades. So God will take out of our hands the things that will hurt us and instead will put into our hands the things that will bless us. I like that about God. So it's not just that he forgave my sins forgave your sins when we ask, but he also then reaches out and puts into our life those things which are going to bless you and me and those around us. You see, God prepares us for such a time as this. When Jesus said he knew that his time had come, there is a purpose that I believe that God has for every one of us through our lives and preparing us so others even around us see that preparation that goes on, Jesus then demonstrates to us what that means. And to find that, it's being a servant. If you expect to be served, well, Jesus, you know, I accepted Christ as my Savior, and now God is my genie. I just rub the, well, not the magic bottle, I I rub my Bible, yeah, I am your servant, my son. How may I help you? Well, I'd like a new car, lucky lotto numbers, and some tinted glass if you have that too. We always have our shopping list that we want to present to God. 
Now, the Bible says that we can do that. The Bible says, casting all our cares, Peter says, upon him he cares for us. I like that. That's good. We need that. But the thing we also need to remember is not my will, but yours be done. My will sometimes will lead me into the wrong places of life. But God's will never does. So this morning, we always have an opportunity of what we're going to choose. Do I want God's will for my life? Do I want to see and learn from my Savior to be great is to be a servant? Jesus said, you ought to do likewise. And by the way, some people may ask, well, why don't we do feet washing today? And after the service, after we have communion, we're going to wash each other's feet. Well, actually, I've been in churches, and I got saved in a church that did that. I wasn't really big on foot washing. I'm not opposed to it. But we don't find it in the scripture other than Jesus doing it with the disciples. Now, here's why and where churches get doctrine, okay? This is important. Don't always come here. You'll, You'll know how we do. First of all, was it taught by Jesus to do it? Well, Jesus did do feet washing. We also find that Jesus held up the bread and held up the cup, as we have communion this morning, and he, he demonstrated that my blood was shed for you, my body was broken for you. So how do we end up with doctrines in the church? Some we do, some we don't. Was, first of all, it taught by Jesus. The second thing that we find, was it exemplified in the book of Acts? Do we find anybody in the book of Acts doing it? Because that was the formation of the early church. And we also find that in the book of Acts, nobody washed each other's feet. We know communion existed, but nobody was washing each other's feet. And the second thing, do we find it in any place else? In the epistles. Now, do we find communion in the epistles? Absolutely. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 talks about how if we partake of communion, not realizing what it is, there's many sick and dead among us because of that. That's what it talks about unworthily. It's never talking about the individual being unworthy. The truth of the matter is we're all unworthy to have communion. But it's when we unworthily look at what communion is. Oh, it's just bread and crackers. That's all it is. Bread and, bread and juice. That's what it is. No. It, it was the one thing Jesus said physically you could remember him by. And so that's why we have exemplified that into the church. That's why it's installed, because the early church practiced it. The early church did it. We find it in the epistles, and that's why we do it. There are things in the New Testament that Jesus did that we don't find practiced in the New Testament as well. When Jesus healed the guy of blindness, he spit on the ground, made mud, and put it on the person's eyes. Do we find any of the early father, church fathers, any of the epistles, spitting on mud and putting it in people's eyes to heal them? No. So we don't do that. So this is what's, what's called expository consistency. This is why you have certain things in the church and certain things you don't. Now, there's a lot of things that have entered into the church that aren't even in the Bible. Well, you can't eat meat on Friday. You can only eat fish only. That's not in the Bible. That was made up by a group of people, and people follow the traditions of men rather than the things of God. So this way you can help in your own personal life establish what is and what isn't. You look at the religions around today. 
in order to get into the third heaven. You have to be sealed in their temple. The Bible never teaches this. So we have to be careful when we find people introducing things that saying these are required in the church when Jesus said what's really required is to love one another, serve one another. Now, in fact, he goes on, and we'll get into this later. He said, you don't understand what I'm doing right now, but you will later on. You see, part of being a Christian isn't that, wow, I'm saved and going to heaven, too bad about you. You know, there's a lot of people have that attitude. Well, I'm saved to gloriously set. No, we're saved to be about our daddy's business. Now, when we see people, and you know, it's really hard sometimes because I, I think what happens is we have a tendency to disdain those that are lesser. Oh, I've done this in my life and I'm so sorry. But you look sometimes and say, well, the reason they're that way is they deserve it. The truth of the matter, friends, we all deserve it. You see, it was only the grace of God that intervened in our lives. And I need to start seeing people the way God sees people. This is one of the lifelong transformations that happened to us as a believer in Christ. Yes, your eternity is in heaven forever. Great, that's good. We want to celebrate that. But now God grows us up to see life the way he does. You see, Jesus had all things at his disposal. I'd venture to say, as Jesus himself taught, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. Now, again, God, how about those lucky lotto numbers? Well, he's not talking about that so much. As he's saying, whatever you need to further my kingdom, it's yours. Isn't that, isn't that great? You have an open check with God today. Whatever it takes to further the kingdom of God, he will do in your life. Never limit God. I remember sitting in church one time years ago, and the pastor was saying something very similar to what I'm telling you today. And I kept thinking, how in the world could that ever be? You're lucky. You had the right connections. That's how you're... No, no. It's when you say, okay, God, I want to do these things for you. I think part of the problem sometimes when God begins to bless us is we go, uh, four for you, God, and two for me. Five for you, three for me. Ten for you, and five for me. We start skimming. I think that's dangerous. Because I think that what happens is we begin to take, and I'm not talking about money. I think sometimes it's more along the lines of glory. Where we try to say in some way, look how good I am. You know, Paul the Apostle, towards the end of his ministry, said, as sinners, I am chief. Not I was chief, I am. Why? Because the closer you get to God, the more you realize how dark the heart really is apart from Christ. Have you ever stopped to think about the darkness of our own heart apart from Jesus Christ? Now, I know a lot of churches are wanting to tell everybody how beautiful they are and how lovely they are and how you can walk on water and all these things. Well, I'm really glad about that. That, that, In Jesus, you are. And if we walk with Jesus 100% of the time, yeah. But the problem is we don't always walk that way. And so pretty soon, 
we start taking the glory. You know, people see what God has done in your life, and you go, well, yeah, I am my own self-made man. Ooh, that'll get you in trouble faster than anything else. All good things, the Bible says, come down from the Father of lights. He is the source. If you're plugged into the source, you're going to glow. If you light your own fire, you're going to burn yourself out. This morning, I just want to ask you a couple questions. First of all, are you saved? Have you made that decision to turn from darkness, let God root out of our lives the things that don't belong, and put in our lives the things that do? First thing. The second thing is, are we growing in Jesus? Are we maturing in the Lord? You say, well, how do I know? What is your viewpoint of somebody else? They got dirty feet because they've been walking on them. That's why. Or do I have, spiritually speaking, a heart to say, how can I help make your life better? You see, God goes around and looks, the Bible says, for people he can bless. I want you to be one of the channels in which God pours his blessings through. But if the blessing comes in and goes, eh, and pretty soon I, you have to imagine I'm just getting big right here. Eventually you're going to blow up. As it comes from God, we go out. You're God's hands to reach out to a lost world. You're God's heart to reach out to a lost world. You're God's eyes to see dirty feet that we can go and wash. Jesus said to the disciples, you don't understand what I'm doing right now, but you will. Because it comes back to being a servant to others. Doing something for somebody they can't do themselves. I always thought it would be really neat. People go, I'm just so busy. I booked this flight to Hawaii, and I'm just so busy. I, I, it's going to be hard for me to go. I'll go for you. Let me serve you. Let me take that trip to Hawaii for you. I'll tell you what a great time you would have had. But what we do is we do things for others that they can't do for themselves. See, in other words, an eye to give, not an eye to take. But your Father in heaven, who sees all things, then says, I'm going to pour more through this person. You know, have you ever given a gift to your children, for instance? And whatever money you could have taken and spent on yourself to buy yourself something, but you bought that kid, your, 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 your child or somebody you love, a present, and they're so thrilled with it. Their little tongue goes, and they just want to explode. They're just so over. The joy that you see by giving somebody something that they could have never had in themselves far exceeds anything you could have spent the money on for yourself. In other words, there's a joy in this world that supersedes that of being self-centered and self-focused. That's what Jesus is saying here as we read in John 13. You don't understand what I'm doing. Peter, well, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus said, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. Well, in that case, Lord, get, wash my hair, wash my pits, wash everything. No, Peter, you just need your feet washed. You see, 
we need a washing every once in a while. And in turn, then, we wash others. Being a servant is such a blessing. It's something, you know, years ago they called it manners. We don't have much manners anymore, do we? I find this in myself. You know, about the time you think you're super spiritual, somebody on Blue Lakes will turn left when they're signaling right. And, uh, you know, and they're on, the, they're on their phone, too. Texting. And you just go, ah! Maybe you don't. I do. Okay? So if you hear somebody yell on Blue Lakes, it could be me. But the point is, is that I see in myself sometimes my unwillingness to be a servant. God has called us to love one another. And you know when we do that, that shows Jesus. Not religion, it shows who Jesus is. This morning I just want to encourage as we have communion, as we break bread, that God would just speak to your heart today. And soften our hearts and open our eyes. God, how may I serve you better? How can I be more of a person that reflects your love, that you can pour your love through that I can pour into other people? You know, when you're loved, it's so easy to love. When you're not loved, it's hard to love. And so I want to just introduce you today to somebody who really loves you. And so if you've never received Christ as your Savior, we're going to pray right now. And you can ask Christ in your life. We'll have communion. And then we'll step across the the hallway and have a dinner together and let God just bless you this morning. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I repent of the foolish way that I have lived. Thinking that it was all about me. And so from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands that you would make me the best I can be for your kingdom. And I ask you to do this, knowing that you love me. I believe you died on the cross for me. Your blood covered my sins. And so now, grant to me eternal life, that I will never be scared of dying again, but that I'll be in your hands. And I'll trust you every day. Please help me and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, welcome to God's family. Begins with a prayer. God shows you your whole life is goodness. Start reading your Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Start in chapter 3, right? The same book we're reading this morning. Just read in John chapter 3 and see how God will speak to you through his word. The next thing is just to get baptized. That's one of the first commands Jesus has told us to do. So if you need to be baptized, please come up. Let me know you need to be baptized and we'll get a baptism scheduled. And then just let God bless you. When the devil comes and throws your past in your face, you just say, this reason Christ died. You see, that separates us. Blessed subtractions. But when you're subtracted from, it leaves an opening which God will fill Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store. 
or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.